0: Expressed on this special broadcast of the Take Twelve Radio Show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular twelve step fellowship.
1: A very scary experience. Yeah. God is a solution. God is a 12 step. I like where he's going here. Helps the community grow. Helps us
2: grow. Monty, <laughs> Monty has done a phenomenal job. Lack of open-mindedness. And you're talking about taking people through a spiritual process and getting them into recovery.
1: Thanks, Monty, uh, and
3: thanks for all your support. We need spirituality to make this thing work long-term.
4: It's an absolute pleasure. You certainly know a lot of people.
3: This is one of the places that is about the business of the solution. <laughs>
1: And now, broadcasting on location somewhere in the vast expanse of the Pacific Northwest, it's
0: the over-opinionated 12-stepologist, the Monty Man.
1: Well, welcome to an extremely special broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio show. Uh, And the cat is going to drive me crazy. (laughs) Go away. You're you're (laughs) aching on Nala now. (laughs) Christy, the studio cat, is making your presence known. Marv is here today. Good morning. This is a very special show. Tony's here today. Morning. Good morning, Tony.
4: Good morning. I'm sitting by right him.
1: Denver is here today. <laughs> yes, I am. It, Tony, who are you sitting next to? Roger McDermott. Roger McDermott's here today. I'm hey Roger. Sweating. Good morning. Hi, Roger. Roger. Roger, Roger is our Southern California rep for Take Twelve Recovery Radio and uh mm. one of our platinum sponsors. Yay, Roger. Everybody clap for Roger. Yay! I'm nervous. <laughs> So, um, Roger drove up here from uh, Huntington Beach Indeed Yeah, tell us about Huntington
0: Beach Great place to live Is it? (laughs) Is it sunny there? Yeah, I'm 2.2 miles from the Pacific Ocean 2.2
1: miles, yeah Yeah. Yeah. Roger's been on the show before And uh, Mm. Roger is uh, one of the big reasons One of the biggest reasons We're able to attend HopeFest every year in uh, Prescott and beautiful Prescott, not Prescott, Prescott, <laughs> like biscuit, <A> biscuit. Arizona. <laughs> and uh, on on this show, so he came up, so we wanted to do a special show today um, uh, featuring Roger. And the topic for this show is "Asleep in the Light: Emotional Sobriety in the Church." So I want to I want to preface before we get into the fun stuff here. I want to preface what we mean by the church. So, uh, the word church in the Greek is ekklesia, and it simply means uh, a group of people that come together for a specific purpose. It was used to describe a town hall meeting, for instance. Um, so, a lot of people think, well, church means a religious gathering. Not necessarily. The, the word actually comes from just meeting together, and you have a singleness of purpose for that meeting. So, when some people say, AA is my church, Right. They may not even realize how accurate they're being Because it's a group of people Coming together for a primary Purpose, right? To carry the message To the alcoholic who still suffers Um, So, but it's not that Particular church we're going to talk about We're talking about the faith-based community Emotional sobriety Within the faith-based community So uh, we're going to be talking about that But before we Do any of that Let's see what we got here All right,
5: everybody (laughs) It's time for Take 12 Trivia. Brought to you by that award-winning recovery magazine, the 12-Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now take it away, the Monty Man!
4: Will one day he reveal himself?
1: Cecil? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Cecil has never discussed with me whether it wants to <laughs> let you all know who it is. I we're, already know who we're it is. We're not sure if it's I I
4: have a feeling I know who it
1: is. We don't know if it's a guy, a gal, uh-huh. or a rabbit, a cat. <laughs> no. It it you may I be wrong. You that may too. be wrong about that. You may uh, be right. Mm-hmm. You may be wrong. You, you may, may be right. It just may be a lunatic yeah. you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, of course, if you get these, uh, if you get a, a question, a trivia question right, you get a bell. If you get it wrong, the fluff machine. Or you may get a, or you may get a, I yeah, don't know what you're going to get, but you're going to get something. And if, like we always say, if <laughs> you, is you're going to get something. <laughs> you're going to get something. <laughs> As we always say, if you get them all right, you get them all right. Big deal, so what? Who cares? <laughs> Because it's pretty much useless stuff anyway.
3: <laughs> so I don't have to feel like I'm under
1: pressure? No, you do. You have to get them all right. Otherwise, we're going to shave your mustache. Oh. Oh. That'd be weird. Oh. There's Jeopardy. <laughs>
2: Ooh.
6: Dun, dun, dun,
1: All right. Uh, truby question number one. The zip. <laughs> what is
4: that? <laughs> oh, Lord. Like a zipper? Lord have mercy
1: <laughs> The zip in zip code. Oh. (laughs) The zip in zip code stands for and this (laughs) these are your choices. Zone insurance proclamation, zone improvement plan, or simply faster mail service as in zip. Like you got it done zippity doo dah. Is it zone insurance proclamation, zone improvement plan, or faster mail service? What do you think, Tony?
4: I don't know any of those words.
1: Pick one. A, A zone insurance proclamation. What sure. do you think, Denver? Proclamation is
2: a beautiful <laughs> word. I'm going with A.
1: You're going to go with A. What do you think, there, Roger? I'm going zone
0: improvement plan.
1: Zone improvement plan. What do you think, Marv? A, A. Well, you guys, other than Roger, would be wrong because he's smart. <laughs> That's a shocker. <laughs>
6: right.
1: Zone improvement plan. Exactly. That's who thinks says- <clears> this <throat> stuff. Who? who thinks this stuff up? Yeah. Somebody that wants to be a radio talker, but has never gotten that far. <laughs> they didn't take a chance. About zip code. By way, wait, wait, it has nothing to do with recovery, any of this. Um, okay. At the end of Elvis Presley's concerts, the MC would announce to the audience Elvis has left the building. Why did they do that? What was the reason? Here's your choices A. Well, he actually left the property. <laughs> That's what I would wow! Say. Within he left the property within three minutes of closing the show. That's your first choice. B. He never performed an encore song.
6: Oh.
1: Or C. It was just something they said that sounded cool and really meant nothing. What do you think, Marv? I'm gonna go ahead and go with the last one. It just <laughs> really, it really <laughs> didn't mean anything. meant
0: nothing. What I what love think, it. What do you think, Roger? I'm going to go with that as well. Okay. <clears throat> Tony?
4: Why not? Let's go with okay. that right. one. Denver?
0: Who
2: cares? <laughs> yeah, right. Who cares,
1: right? He just <laughs> lets <him down. laughs> me Well, sorry, guys. What? It Elvis- actually meant something. Elvis Presley, in his entire career, never. never performed an encore song, and that's how they let you know. He ain't coming back.
4: <laughs> you can clap
1: all you want to, but mm. he gone. At least he
4: left a legend.
1: Remember, the <laughs> legend, right. and our our co-host Bruce, who's now walking yeah. walking in heaven with the Lord, right mm-hmm.
4: uh, on Eclipse Day, he
1: actually transported Elvis
4: <gasps> That's from right. a concert. I forgot about that
1: to the hotel that I um, can't remember the the black artist singer, darling, darling. You, it's you on tip of my
4: tongue. I remember the story. Mm.
1: Darling, you sent me... Yeah. Who was that guy? I can't remember his (gasps) name now. Marvin Gaye?
0: No. Come on, Tony. Smokey Smokey Robinson? Um, Come on.
1: You remember the story. Who was it?
4: I don't know. I can't remember. But I didn't believe it when Bruce told me.
1: He had been murdered in that motel room. What was it, like a week prior or something like that? No, it wasn't Little Richard. And and, uh, and Bruce transported Elvis to that same motel room. (laughs) Yeah. Elvis was hiding in the back seat or something like that because they would they would use vehicles that no one would suspect. And you know, the limos would leave. Everybody thought Elvis was that, but he wasn't in there. He's just in the back of this old beat-up car, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's number three. Who's the first civilian to own his own Hummer? What's a Hummer? A Hummer, one of those big it's like a Jeep on steroids. I don't know. <laughs> <More>. <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: why this is why I sit where I do where I can just see everybody's I face. It. I felt
4: it.
1: I love it. What's a hummer? He's
4: never coming back.
1: It's a hummer. And here's your choices. Is that
4: a car? Yes.
1: yes. Oh, okay. We're yeah. gonna go with yes. <laughs> Actually they're designed after a military vehicle, aren't they? they, were they a Roger? Military vehicle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they were a military vehicle. Okay. It's yeah. one of those big, big ones you see in the parades. Uh, was it Steve Jobs, Arnold Schwarzenegger, or Bruce Willis? What do you think, Roger? Roger knows. Yeah, Arnold Roger
0: Schwarzenegger.
1: Okay, Tony. I go with him. Are you?
4: Hmm. Are you really? Yep.
1: Okay. What do you think, Marv?
3: Um. Well, there was Bruce Willis and Steve Jobs.
1: Steve Jobs, the Apple computer guy.
4: Oh, I was about to ask who he was.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Steve Jobs. Okay, what do you think, Denver? <clears throat>
2: All right, uh, so Roger's a movie buff. I know this, but I'm going to go with Bruce Willis because I like him. Ew. Well,
1: if if you said anybody other than Arnold, you would be wrong. Roger's right. It is. That's why it, I it, went it, with it. it. Roger's right. Yay! He knows everything.
6: Yay, yay, yay.
1: <clears throat> it's logic. It was Arnold. Uh-huh.
6: <clears throat> All
1: right, we're almost we're almost coming around the corner here. You ready? All right. <laughs> <laughs> when wombats poop. Yeah, we're in the corner, all right. <laughs> when wombats poop, their poop resembles what? And these are your choices. Rabbit droppings, square cubes, or spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of a crappy question. That's you crappy. Know? <laughs> I don't even know what a wombat is. I mean, what was C? <laughs> spaghetti noodles. There's no mm. D,
4: I can yeah. tell you that much from Monday Show. You know what a
1: wombat is, Tom? No. It's a horrible little creature. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously has troubles with its movement.
4: <laughs> Poops cubes.
1: Okay, do they poop rabbit droppings, like rabbit, or square cubes or spaghetti noodles? What do you think, Roger?
0: I haven't a clue. <laughs> I know, huh? It's I a... can't imagine square cubes. That, just, that pains me. Um, Have you seen a wombat? <laughs> They're angry. Oh. <laughs> Pro- probably because that is so outlandish. I'm going to go with square cubes. Square cubes. Yeah. Tony, what
1: are you a stab at? I'm going
4: with that mad
0: emoji over there
4: because the mad emoji. <laughs> I don't even know what a
1: wombat is.
0: What's a wombat, Roger? Mm, it's a weird animal from Australia.
2: <laughs> Beyond that, I don't know. It's like a angry A uh, uh, weasel? Angry weasel? A or weasel? Well, I don't know. Did, did they fly? They fly. Oh my
6: God.
2: Help, listeners! Help.
1: <laughs> Do you know what one is? Uh, I have no idea. I really don't know either. I'm going to spaghetti from Australia. You're going to go with spaghetti noodles? Yeah, yeah.
0: That was my second choice. Spaghettios. <laughs> <laughs> it's Spaghettios.
1: All right. Well, Roger's actually correct. They poop square cubes. Of really? He uh, <laughs> I'm googling He's my new that best later
2: because I, I don't love buy him. that. <laughs>
0: How does one do that? I don't (laughs) buy
2: square (laughs) cubes. How does
0: one do that? I'm now intrigued about Wombat, so I will now have to research that.
4: Oh, Lord.
0: Oh, I know.
4: And I straighten my hair.
1: Okay, so here's the last one. Hallelujah. Jesus. Uh, The voice of Star Wars character Yoda and Sesame Street's Miss Piggy and Cookie Monster... We're spoken by the same person. What? Is, is that true or false, Tony?
4: I don't know. Um, I say false, but I can do good the first one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yoda? Mm-hmm. Do it.
4: No. Oh, no, that's not Yoda. That's,
1: that's-,
0: <laughs> that's the one. That was you. really nice, though. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we like that. That was good. <laughs> Yoda's this tall, <laughs> and the one you did is
5: this
1: tall. Yeah. He's
0: the Hey, up. you're doing Chewy. Oh, <laughs> Chewie! That's yeah. it. Chewbacca. That's
4: who I was thinking.
0: Chewbacca. Yeah. Oh,
1: Lord. Poor so, Roger's never coming
4: back. So, did the same
1: person do all three characters? Uh, I don't think, you think so. You don't think so? What do you think? Roger, you think so? you think?
0: <laughs> cookie Monster. Miss Piggy, Piggy,
1: Yoda, and Cookie Monster. Was and it the Yoda. same voice?
0: I'm going to say yes. You're
1: going to say yes? What do you think? I'm going to say yes. Yes? What do you think there, Denver?
2: I love Miss Piggy's voice. I'm going with
1: yes. You You're going love Piggy with yes? or her voice? Well, Tony, sorry. Oh. <laughs> we need you that. You guys are correct. <laughs> Mr. Frank Oz did the voice of all three characters. Oh. Frank, huh? Yes. Good wow. Old, good old old Frank is a nice name. I guess. There's nothing funnier <laughs> than being stoned off your blessed assurance. <laughs> and watching Sesame Street. Oh my god. <laughs> really? Now it's not healthy, it's not good. Don't do it. I'm just <laughs> telling you. Those were the days. Watching <laughs> a puppet try to eat a cookie and have it all fall out of its mouth is the funniest thing in the world when you've had too many bon hits.
4: Oh my god, James is just going to lose it. <laughs> all
1: right. Well, that's over I with. Mean, I missed that part of it. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh Hallelujah. Okay, so I, um, I got a I got an email uh, a couple of weeks ago from a gentleman who listens to the YouTube version of the show, um, who said he'd like us to get to the topic sooner. That we're not a glum lot, but you know, give we've it a rest. Had
4: that before though, we've had that before.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I put a I put a um, what do you call it? a poll out there to see. Would you like to see more fun and games, less fun and games, or keep the show the way it is? Only one person answered. It was Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, many Christmas listeners. Are you listening? Here was your chance. Here was your chance.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> almost, oh, almost,
1: didn't Almost 4,000 are listening. 4,000. <laughs> almost 4,000 listeners on social media, and only one, and he happens to be on the show, <laughs> answered the poll. <laughs> So we're going to keep it the way it is, <laughs> right
2: on. And that was my vote, too. Sorry, you're going to get some more useless trivia.
1: Well, here here's the deal on uh th- this is a special special show that that's on Wednesday, but we have other shows that are more serious. I mean, uh-huh. you know, Monday's show, we, we do half the show is, we, we're, we're cracking it up. We're just having fun. And the other show, half the show is the topic. Uh-huh. Um, but we have the, we brought back the Caroline Preston show on relationships, applying the steps, I mean, applying the traditions in your personal family uh-huh. life. We have Walking Through the Big Book with Chris Schroeder, Walking Through the 12 by 12 with Chris Schroeder and myself. And then we've got stuff from Dr. Alan Berger. Uh, we've got the Victory Report interviewing... Mm-hmm. Uh, men and women, which are your awesome cho-
4: shows, by the way. I've been listening to them. The, you enjoy yeah. them,
1: mm. yeah? Yeah, they are good. um they are good. the te- The uh, victory report, teen challenge interviews. We've got those, and those, those are all very focused on on the topic only kind of thing. Um
4: Sometimes you gotta have fun, though.
1: Yeah. So this is the one show where we we mix it up. Yeah. So <laughs> the topic uh for this is, and like and we're going to continue. Thank <laughs> you, uh, yes. listeners. That's right. We're 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 going to keep his same. So, so sorry. <laughs> um, but the topic for uh, for this show is asleep in the light, uh-huh. emotional sobriety in the church. <clears throat> so, the definition of emotional sobriety. Uh, so, uh, emotional. Well, let me tell you what emotional dependency is. Emotional uh-huh. dependency is when a person or persons. Um, are dependent on other people's behavior to be okay in their own skin.
2: Uh Listen to that closely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I I love that one. Uh We're, We're dependent on other people's behavior, the way they treat us, the way they treat others. You know, in the world today, a lot of people's behaviors can be very bizarre. And so if you let that stuff make you uncomfortable in your own skin... You're emotionally dependent on somebody else's behavior. And so what usually happens is even if they behave that you, the expectation you put on them, it still isn't enough. And if you're emotionally dependent, that's kind of how you act out in life. (coughs) Emotional sobriety is regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of other people's behavior, you're comfortable in your own skin. And that's emotional sobriety. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with alcoholism or drug addiction. It can, but we all know that, you know, just getting sober or or clean or sober clean or clober, if you want to call it or whatever your choice is, that a lot of people do that and never become emotionally sober.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: They're a wreck. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody asked me one time, they thought, do you think that people in the body of Christ, in the faith communities and so forth, have this emotional sobriety thing down? And I said, no. I don't think the majority do. Because, I, first of all, I don't think the majority of them even knows what that is.
6: Uh-huh.
1: And by the way, Bill Wilson did not make up the phrase emotional sobriety. Uh-huh. You know when your when your soberness is, you know, and, and you can you can be drunk, let's say, in a figurative manner. In other words, acting out and and, and not practicing sobriety and never put a, a drop of booze in your body. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about being sober-minded. Um. So, this is a controversial issue because a lot of people within the church. Within the faith communities They think because of Their faith That they don't have to work on anything Hey man I'm a Christian Or you know whatever it is And I, and and I'm fine And What we find out is we, we see a lot of people Like in our circles We see a lot of people who are meeting dependent Not God dependent uh-huh. But I know a whole lot of people that are church dependent And not God dependent uh-huh. So Here's here's nine signs that you're experiencing spiritual narcolepsy. <laughs> what does that mean? That's being asleep. You're you're out. Oh, right, asleep in the light. So the light would be God. Uh-huh. And are we asleep in the light and and emotionally dependent on each oh. other, okay. on the pastor, on our sponsor, on our discipler? Or are we dependent on them? And not dependent on God. And then we'll we'll open this up for for discussion. But number one, uh, red flag that you may be asleep in the light. We talk about Jesus but aren't generally experiencing him.
6: Mm
1: -hmm. He's distant and unreal in our everyday life. He's someone we talk about more than we walk about. So that's number one. Number two, our relationship... With Jesus, our spiritual life is more of a weekend thing than an everyday of a week thing. Mm. Church defines our experience with Christ more than Christ defines our life experience. That would be number two. Uh, number three, our spiritual life is more, or, or, yeah, our spiritual life is more from more form than substance. So it's more of an outside than an inside reality. So we talk a lot about in 12-step recovery, it's an inside job, Uh right? Uh, We may do and say all the right things, avoid all the wrong things, but it's not real or alive in us. Uh It's it's lip service. It's something we do, but not necessarily something we are. Number four, we haven't experienced much authentic change in our life in a long while. Hmm. Uh, Though we've been faithfully doing all that stuff, the actual change in here. Like on the inside. Yeah. Nothing much has happened. Number five, we are more concerned about the role God is playing in our plans than the role we should be playing in his plans.
4: Mm, That's a good one.
1: Number six, we seldom really consider the eternal condition of people in our world. We are able to rub shoulders with them daily without ever addressing their spiritual condition. Mm
6: -hmm.
1: So We do a lot of judging, condemnation, you know. Number seven, we're living spiritually unnoticed. The people around us don't know we're Christ followers. They don't notice anything different about us. We just look like everybody else. Number eight, we tend to live for the moment more than the eternal and this is interesting because within 12 step recovery, we have misinterpreted the one day at a time thing.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I just don't drink one day at a time. That's not what we're talking about. you know if, if you read the big book, if you read it, most of your recovery literature, you're done for good and for all. Yeah. Now how you live that out is one day at a time.
6: Mm-hmm.
1: you know, um, but it's not, well, maybe I'll drink tomorrow. You know, there's that. You gotta know you're there, done. There's done. a treatment center yeah. trick that yeah. they use to say, "Well, you can put off your thinking for 24 hours." I am telling you, uh-huh. <laughs> if I'm setting myself, okay, I'll drink tomorrow. I probably will. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I probably won't. I'm probably going to. I probably go into. I'll change the my watch, hmm. and I'll make tomorrow come I real think fast. There's oh, a, a
4: borderline on that. In the beginning, that's how you have to think. But when sure you're you do. You, when like you're like committed like we all are in every in recovery. Right. You know that's like in the past now. You know you're yeah, not you going to do it. You, yeah. You,
1: in in the beginning it, it's just enough to to get get you through to, through the door. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh and number 9 we don't feel like we have a problem with being asleep in the light. Mm-hmm. And and you know how in, in 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 the big book it talks about how a person Will Have a problem, but he usually doesn't think so.
5: Uh-huh.
1: Well, we're that way in the church, too. You know, I'm not sleeping the light, man. I'm here every time the doors are open. I'm doing all the footwork and all that kind of stuff, you know, but nothing's going, nothing's changing inside. Um, so I'm going to play a song and then we're going to come back and talk about this. Um, this song has got some punch in it and some people may, some people in the church may get a little offended about by this. I know they certainly did when it was first written.
5: Uh-oh.
1: Um, but is it not very, very true? Hmm. And this is a song that was written by the late, great Keith Green. Um, it is actually performed by a gentleman by the name of Mark Martell. Hmm. And I came across his, this version of it, and I thought I was listening to Keith Green. But listen to the words to this, and we'll kind of talk about being asleep in the light and being not emotionally sober in the church.
5: Do you see, do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care? Drown. how can you be so numb not to care And all heaven just
1: Sad Truth.
0: Powerful song. Uh
1: Jesus rose from the dead and you can't even get out of bed. So are we asleep in the light, Roger?
0: I believe that many of us are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge Keith Green fan. And I saw him in concert. And uh, I remember being completely convicted in spirit when I heard. I mean, I had that album, No Compromise. No Compromise, yeah. And um, he's very moving.
1: And so Mark Martell,
0: did I cannot it believe I wasn't listening to Keith. Green. I know, me either. I mean, yeah, amazing.
1: If I hadn't seen it for myself, the video for myself, I I would have told you that was Keith Green. So Keith Green was very controversial because he he really got in the church's face. He did. In fact, he kind of got a little elitic towards the end of his ministry, but uh, with with Last Days Ministries and so forth. But he he really makes a really good point here. You know, we're we're saying that that God is the most important thing in our life. The big book talks about God is the solution. The Bible obviously does, you know, and what are we doing? Are we just going to meetings? You know, Um, are we just going to church? So. And and then not being submitted to the directives that God gives us. He doesn't he's not, he doesn't try to ruin our fun, but he knows he made us. He knows how we operate the best. So when I was in high school, we had two kinds of drivers. We had guys in what they call raked automobiles. That means the back end of the automobile was elevated. And we had the low riders. Who took their entire call car, usually in Pallas and Cadillacs and like that, and lowered them close to the ground. And these two groups of people were constantly working on their cars, not to improve them, but to repair them. Because an automobile best operates at the center of gravity. That's how the manufacturer makes it. And when you alter that, you have problems. We were created to operate in a specific manner. And when we do our own thing, we don't do well. We hit brick walls, we and then we get discouraged, and then we stop coming to church, we stop going to meetings, all that stuff, right? And and we claim that the God who is God is the most important thing in our life, but then we act as if he's the least important Piece Of our priority list And there, and then we fall asleep In his light So let's, let's What do we do about this Because the world's Watching us you guys Right They are looking And one of the things in here Was like we don't look any different Than the rest of the world Why is that And I'm not talking about Christian rock concerts Looking like secular rock concerts That's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about In our everyday
0: walk Thoughts? <laughs> That's a, a good moment of <clears throat> silence. I know. Are, are, I've
4: never seen this come over this radio station. <clears throat> We're asleep
0: in the light. That's why. Um, yeah.
3: Are we taking uh, the idea out of our twelve-step programs of being powerless? Or are we taking that too far?
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Maybe, because what I thought of when that song was going on is uh, the fact of the matter is I'm powerless. Over what other people do, yeah. So, you know, I I actually and I know I'm going to be in trouble, but <laughs> I, I felt offense an offense for it. Right, I I, I did. Well,
1: uh, when I first heard, heard this song years ago, I I, I had to look inward. I, I'm I didn't really play that for. To point a finger at anybody, I got to look at myself here. It's kind of like a
4: reality check.
1: It's a reality check. I can't, I can't change you. I can't fix you. I can't fix the problems in the church. But I, I I, got to do me. Mm -hmm. And, and I got to tell you, I have been very guilty. You know, of being asleep in the light, of being emotionally dependent on. And that's why I'm talking about this. Is one of the problems that you're talking about, Marv. Am I so dependent on whether you're doing it right in order for me to do it right? Because if I'm waiting around for you to do it right before I follow you, I'm going to be in trouble. So emotional sobriety as a member of the church, as a member of the body of Christ for me, means I'm going to step up to the plate and I'm going to be the very best Christian I can be, the very best recovered alcoholic that I can be, regardless of whether you're asleep in the light or not.
4: For me, it was like, when I heard the song, it's like, wait a minute, am I doing enough? You right. know, it was just, oh no. not know. It's,
3: well, it was an accusatory song. Well, it no, 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 and it you're is. right. It
4: is.
1: It is, it, it is. is an accusatory song. Yeah. yeah.
4: It just, like, it makes you look at yourself. Like, you think you're doing enough, but are you really doing enough? It's right. like, wait, hold on. You you're doing this, 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 you're going to meetings, you're sponsoring people, you know, you're doing A, B, C, D, E, F, G. But then it's like, wait a minute. Are you doing enough for God and not just your own sobriety? You know, to be able to... You know what I'm saying?
1: And I think there's a difference between...
4: That's how I felt anyway. There's a
1: difference between uh, beating ourselves up over not doing the next right thing and... And and honestly taking an inventory and saying, okay, this is where I need improvement, and this is where, well, I, where exactly. I'm going to do better. Exactly. Yeah. That's,
4: what I'm, that's what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah.
0: For me, the uh, the song is not so much accusatory as it is take a look yeah. and see what you're doing. Uh, in the context of Alcoholics Anonymous, we... Clean our house, trust God, and we be of service, maximum service to others. Right. And this is about maximum service to mm-hmm. others. In the context of church, you go to church so that you can leave the building and spread the good news about Christ. Both are selfless, both are driven by God's power, even though we're powerless against results. Our job's not to result, mm-hmm. our job is to carry the message of hope yeah, both in the context of recovery, uh, or in the context of church. And what Keith Green's saying is certainly applies to me, you can always do more. It's mm-hmm. not I, I'm not when I first heard the song in the early days, i was I was bordering on condemned, but it was really conviction. Mm-hmm. And there's a diff- there's a huge difference between condemnation and conviction. Sure, and and us in the recovery. Well, community, it's a very much very, in
1: your face song. I'll tell you that.
0: Yeah, it's a we're very sensitive about that. You bet. So, that mo- that song moves me.
1: Denver, what do you think about all this?
2: Uh, <clears throat> I've never heard the song before. Right. So, uh, there's a lot of stock going into the song. I was just trying to think. You gave uh, nine things there right. on that list. I wish we had got each uh that list so we could kind of rattle over them as we're sitting here but uh <sighs> nah <laughs> let me uh wing this here <laughs> every day you know jesus did die for us and i think with the clutter of the world it, it, we do worry about what people think of us mm-hmm. and Often that affects our decision making for the course of the day.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, True. I really work at uh getting up daily and just giving uh thanks to God, you know. Uh my inventory list I go over so regular and it, it makes me thankful and and in that it makes me want to step out and give back. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's it's just a good it's been an interesting journey. And there are dry seasons for me. I'm going through one right now. You know, I, I get frustrated with people mm-hmm. uh, running red lights and almost running me over and things of mm-hmm. such mm-hmm. like <laughs> that. But nonetheless, my compassion, I, I work at Teen Challenge, and uh, I see good results going on there. It's frustrating to mm-hmm. lose some that want to leave the program, but there are others. And that's that brings some emotional sobriety to to me to Mm -hmm. see that i'm not living off the results of that but it's still rewarding to to see that yeah so that's encouraging and with that you grow closer with christ you're going all right that was cool you know i i seen that that's so it builds your emotional sobriety i guess Mm -hmm. when you see positive things like that and it can affect you Mm -hmm. uh uh I don't know if that makes any sense no, to anybody I guess, else, I but it, it just, people do, will affect you and your uh, serenity, your sobriety, whatever you want to call it in this walk. It will affect mm-hmm. you, but you, uh, you ultimately, at the end of the day, have got to go, thank you, Lord, uh, for uh, you loving me for who I am, because I can't, I, I can't do this by myself. I've tried it, tried it, and tried it, mm-hmm. and I can't do it by myself. So you get, you, yeah.
1: So, and this isn't, this isn't to, um, put any of us on any kind of pedestal or anything like that, but, um, the five of us in this room are on front lines ministry, if you will. I mean, it really, it truly is. Our, our attendance at 12 step fellowships, working with other people, um, just being available at, at a meeting to talk to anybody whenever they the the, the occasion arises, um, wherever we go, where we, and we do do that, and, and, and yeah, can can we all do better? Well, sure. I mean, none of us are perfect, but um, the good news is not everybody's asleep in the light.
6: Uh-huh.
1: Not everybody is. Um, I don't think any of us are. I think we nap a little bit. <laughs> I think that's human, you know. But there is a whole, there's a whole bunch of people that are just snoring through. You know, and, there, and one of the reasons I talk about this is because the time the days are are short the time is now there are people dying, and we don't want to offend anybody and we don't want to get in anybody 's face because we we need to be gentle and and i I understand that people have trauma and hurts and pains and and things but I think sometime in in the name of um you know offense i guess we're afraid to face an, an issue at all. Oh. And and I gotta wonder about that. And and because I have been guilty of becoming emotionally dependent on people that aren't responding to the things I have to offer them in the recovery area. And and then I'll get this when I say I, I, I become emotionally dependent, I get to this place where I'm like, well, what's the use? And that's a sign of being dependent on their reaction to what I'm trying to help lay at their feet. And I'm not responsible for their response. Right, Marv? I'm not. I'm only responsible to take what I've been asked to take and leave it there. Um,
2: But but it still does affect you. It does
1: affect us, yeah. 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 And and sometimes I just want to crawl under my pillow and take a spiritual nap and get away from it all.
0: You know, I've found that... uh, I've committed every mistake possible in in, in the realm of churchiosity, yeah. in the realm of recovery, and and today I'm secure in the truth about Christ and the truth mm-hmm. about the fellowship, mm-hmm. and I'm able to carry the message of hope. And it, it, and when the when I report the truth with love, right, people are, are attracted or willing to listen. When I just beat them over the head with the truth and no love, they're yeah. not. And so the other side of the coin is if you have no truth and you only love them, um, there's no reality there. What is that quote that you quote? Yeah, it changed my world in yeah. the early 2000s, early in my recovery. I used to go to a 6 a.m. <laughs> AA meeting every morning. And then on Sundays, I would go to church at 730 at Calvary Beachside. And I'd walked in one morning and Pastor Mike was up there and he said, it's been said that truth without love is brutality and Love Without Truth is Hypocrisy. That was it. And I had bells and whistles literally go off in my head. And there was a friend that saw me afterwards. And I came running up to him with my Bible. And I'd written that down. And I said, John, look at this. This is what what he said. And what I found is that's been a foundational principle for me in both 12-step work Mhm which is the same as church work. To me, they're, they're inseparable. Mm-hmm. So and say it again. Truth without-, truth without love is brutality. If you go into a meeting and someone beats you over the head with the big book and tells you to sit down and shut up and you have nothing to say, you know, take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth, that's truth with no love. That's mm-hmm. brutality. That's brutality. That's brutality. And yeah. that's not the fellowship. No. But, but there are people that think it is. The other one is, it's okay, brother. Don't worry about the 12 steps or the big book. Just keep coming back and don't use in between. Really? Really? Well, that's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. So if you listen to Jesus, and Dr. Bob's, one of his favorite books in the Bible was Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, which is a chapter on love. Which makes it very clear that you can have the biggest church, you can have the most sponsees, you can have the biggest meetings, but if you don't do it in love, you've done nothing. So... It has completely changed my psyche, and right? I love to I love to report the truth with the full love of Christ or the fellowship, and it has an amazing attraction, and not because of me, but because of God. Yeah. And I find that the church work, recovery work, it's the same.
1: So one of the things you say in your talks is, "I report, you decide," yep. but they've got to decide. Right, and and we don't we don't stop loving them if they decide wrong, right?
0: Right. Well, God's love was unconditional, right. right? It wasn't conditioned upon our response. It was conditioned because His love was unconditional.
1: So when I listen to that song, I have to say to myself because I, I can get I can get my feathers ruffled too with that, and I'd say, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute here. First of all, why am I getting my feathers ruffled? Is there something I need to look at? Because it's just a song, hmm. you know. But I mean, maybe I need now, now. You know how that part. And I always take an issue with this. There, 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 there's a there's a piece of the big book that would suggest that if you see something that's going on with somebody else and it disturbs you, that means there's something wrong in you. Sometimes it means there's something right in you. Mm-hmm. It isn't always that there's something wrong in you. You know, But you have to figure that out And only you can do that Only I can do that You, you know, some- can
3: only do that by prayer Because right. what that's called is discernment
1: Yeah, and sometimes and- it's the spirit of God in you Nudging you to pray for that situation yeah. It isn't because there's something wrong with you
0: Yeah yeah. Well, we, have a- we have a tendency to want to fix things so It right. might be somebody mm-hmm. else or myself As opposed to When we make an observation And we're discerning And we take it in prayer You know, that becomes an opportunity for God to teach us something, a new lesson. I I try to look for the lesson in everything today, you know, not just the experience or not just the situation. But I stopped being a victim some time ago, and so I never yell out at God, why me, God? I say, Lord, I don't like this, but what are you trying to teach me? I want to learn the lesson.
1: So I was standing outside of an A meeting one day, Mr. Joe Christian that I am, Oh my gosh, one of the most embarrassing moments of of my my 12 step meeting experience and being a follower of Christ. And a person that I was I had gotten very close to and we were close friends. We used to go on on 12 uh, step road trips together all the time, you know. And he had an extremely opposite viewpoint politically on a particular member of the government than I did. (coughs) And we had never gotten into an argument about it. It just just wasn't part of our friendship. But I had had one of those mornings where I was sick and tired of the people that were doing what I thought was basically wrong. And I walked into a situation. So remember, I'm already primed for an offense. That's not this guy's fault. I'm already ready, man. I'm ready for a fight. And he comes walking out, and he's just praising this guy, and and here I am, Mister Spiritual, right? And I said, <laughs> "F you!" <laughs> just as loud as I could, and and and, and Kurt, you know, talk, cowboy hat Kurt, and he's a believer, you know, and he's sitting there and he lights up a cigarette somebody's spiritual today. <laughs> Ouch. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, I thought oh, that was real helpful." You know. I I just felt about. I mean, what I said was wasn't that so helpful. I mean, I I just caused my buddy to just agree with me by doing that,
0: didn't I? I've been there. Oh, oh man. I, I've as been in front r- of meetings after the meetings over. Yeah. With veins of popping and screaming at somebody in the face. Screaming at him because they disagreed with me, right? And I think back on those things. I never want to forget them. The most humiliating, oh, uh, self-righteous, you know, positions. Right. That I don't ever want to be that again.
1: Yeah, yeah. But see, there was a, there was a prime example of me being emotionally dependent on him agreeing with me for me to be okay in that meeting. <laughs> You're my friend. You need to agree with me for me to be okay today. And. I don't know anybody I don't know anybody in my life, including my wife, that believes everything exactly like I do. Do you? Do no, you guys? I don't.
4: I don't think it's possible.
1: At all. So why are we so emotionally dependent on other people doing that? <laughs> Ask James.
4: I don't know. <laughs> He's like Tonino. You know? Uh uh. That's how it works.
1: <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So let me let me ask you, uh, Marv. I'll start with Marv. And just go around the room, Uh-oh. real quick here.
4: <laughs> the silent cowboy.
1: So, in your experience in attending church meetings, let's just call them that, right? Going to church. Um. Mm. Do Do you think most people are there for the right reasons? For the most part.
4: Jeez.
1: Oh, that's a
3: very... Oh. Dun, Let me <laughs> that answer is. that this way. Yeah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> because I do have some problems with churches. Okay? Right. right. I'll admit it up front. I My hand goes up too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, which is what was a question, right? What the, for the most part? Yeah, I I think so. Think so.
1: Yeah.
0: What do you think, Roger? For the most part, I mean, I, think, I think for the most part, they believe they're there for the right reason. <clears throat> um, it's been my experience that it it's a destination on Sunday and not necessarily a principle that operates during the rest of the week. right? I think that can be said sometimes about some of our 12-step fellowships as well. You bet. So for me, um, when church and meetings became an opportunity to fellowship Mm -hmm. and the business of of recovery took place outside – I found that I became more complete within myself and was much more comfortable wherever I went and I wasn't dependent upon other people to be okay. Um, but that took a long time. Yeah. I mean, I've been to... You know, I went to 12 years of Catholic school, so I was... <laughs> I, was I was in don't, that... do And so <laughs> I didn't... You know, there was not no relationship then. Yeah. Huh. I was... Uh, uh, very involved with Calvary Chapel in the early days and, and married there. And that's a very large church community. And I had a place there. But it wasn't until I got through all the brokenness and addiction until I got sent three times by the courts to AA. And when I finally met the God that I always believed in, in the context of Alcoholics Anonymous, did my life begin to really change yeah, and it's a very interesting journey, and so that process, you know, it's all process. Um, in the church community, you call it sanctification, and in the fellowship, we call it, you know, recovery and walking the talk and talking the walk, and so the promises operate all the time. I think a lot of people get stuck on steps and they don't they don't ever see the promises, or they or they don't do the steps, they and they wonder
1: why the promises don't come true.
0: Exactly right. Yeah. So when it, when it starts to all merge together, I, I find church and twelve steps now for me to be the same thing. Yeah. So I look at life completely different than I did my whole life. So it's it's a different world. I'm still, you know, I'm still a challenge to <laughs> to, to all of the things we talked about. But I don't look for my emotional sobriety because of how you treat me. Even though I'm sensitive about that. Sure, like, you know, I'm sensitive to people sensitive. not being kind or nice to me. Well, we would hardly good, be human if we weren't. Right, right. We'd but it doesn't control me. It's like people always ask me at church, how are you, Roger? And my response is, I'm blessed. And people ask me now, how are you, Roger? They go, I know you're blessed. because, <laughs> and, and I tell them, well, see, that's a fact regardless of how I feel. The yeah, fact nice. of the matter is I'm blessed. See, that's the simple truth and it has nothing to do with how I feel. I right. can feel horrible. I right. can be sick as a dog, so I'm still blessed. True. So True enough. separating like the that. truth and the reality of who I am with my identity in Christ solves emotional dependency on others. So I'm not, I, I don't depend on, you know, somebody else because God's my light, even though I fall short all the time. Sure. But it's it certainly when you have that sort of directive and those principles, it certainly changes your world. I mean, I am blessed no matter how I feel. So that's not the way it used to be, and none of us would. Right, <laughs> blessed right. was a word I never used in my vocabulary. Yeah, I yeah. was never blessed. I was okay. I was good. I was whatever. I was happy. You know, happiness is a choice. I get to make choices. It's not a feeling. Joy comes as a feeling in response to God's life with Him. Mm-hmm. But happiness is a choice. I can wake up in the morning and I can choose to be pissed off, or I can choose to be happy. I have a choice. And it's regardless of my circumstances. Regardless, of, uh, regardless, yeah. regardless, yeah.
1: Tony,
4: how do you follow that up? <laughs> well,
1: okay. So, so, no, like, okay. Like you came right, out. You came right. out of a very legalistic kind of religious experience.
4: Yeah. In, and
1: in the old days, I, I
4: like what he said about like feeling right. Because I mean, I have some serious health issues going on right now, but he's he said it perfectly.
1: You're blessed, regardless. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah.
4: And I didn't realize it's. I mean, there's serious, serious all issues. Yeah. That I haven't talked about. Sure. Like, thank you, Roger. Oh my God, I'm crying in front of Roger McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional
6: sobriety.
4: <laughs> no, but it was like meant for me to be on this show. normally I'm not. I'm working on Wednesdays. Right. So, thank you. Right.
1: So, do you, do you think as somebody who's kind of new to the a new church setting that you... The
4: new church setting, yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you, and think, I agree do you with think people there the, for the most part... I'm a recovering
4: part? Catholic, too, and I understand that. Right. So, you do, so I mean... Do you the, feel for
1: the most part the, the people... Because you go to neighborhood church yeah. with me. Do you feel for the most part people are there for the right reasons? Mm.
4: I I'm still in the learning process. It's only been a year since I've yeah. been back to church. Sorry, but uh, you know I'm I'm learning what the right and wrong reasons are. You know, it's not just you go Sunday just be like, oh, I'm a follower of God. You know, right. you just you learn more about yourself each time, like I do, and you learn more about like um, how to treat others, and you know yeah. what Pastor Kelly says about. Uh, he said it perfectly last Sunday, and I can't remember what he said, but. You know, treating others like you want undone to you and stuff like that. Sure. So, you know, I, I think it's all like a learning and growing process. You bet. You know, the more you go, the more you learn, and the more you learn about yourself and others. So, I hey. mean, I don't know if any of that made sense. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cry on air again like I always do, but. <laughs> That's okay.
1: Denver, what do you think?
2: Are people in the assembly for the right reason?
1: You think for the most part they I are?
2: believe they come. Yes. They are seeking to be there for the right reason. Uh, Which could be a right uh, reason, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, they're there for a reason. So they come with a good reason. Yeah. And over time, uh, you know, uh, depending on the growth and the works and everything else that goes on within them, I can't say. Sure. You know, where it ends up. Sure. But I honestly believe that people come with the intention that... They're being drawn for a reason. Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, so that was the hook question. Now, here's my response to it. The real question is, am I there for the right reason? Exactly. Right? And emotional sobriety would demand that regardless of whether I think they're there for the right reason or all the wrong reasons... That I'm
2: there for the right reason mm-hmm. there, there you are you're t- We're taking inventory when we're sitting in the pews right? You bet <laughs> of, of how somebody else's And don't you know going. me
1: do it Oh <laughs> heck yeah There's this one lady I look at her And my wife says then don't look at her
4: I know which one we're
1: talking and, about And I mean she does this thing And I'm like <laughs> I've got I mean I'm, I'm writing her off Oh, that she's just trying drawing attention to herself. She's this, she's that. And I'm thinking, I, and I don't even know her. <laughs> Who am I? Yeah. You know, and I'm like, okay, you know what that is? That's emotional dependency. Mm-hmm. I'm dependent on her behaving and worshiping God the way I would <laughs> for me to have a good worship experience. Now, that is emotionally drunk. Expectations uh, and totally dep- resentments. That's it, an expectation. Mm-hmm. And I have no business doing that. So it's like if you're having problems with social media, unplug <laughs> if you're watching somebody else's <laughs> behavior like, yeah. and 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 you're getting resentful over that, stop watching their behavior and so emotional sobriety in the church would be i'm I'm taking care of me, mm-hmm. I'm going there, and I'm checking my checklist of why I'm there and it's interesting, isn't it? Once we start doing that, we start seeing people through different eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, because I will bet you that this lady would be highly hurt if she <laughs> thought that someone was thinking that because she, she, she's she actually, she's, what I know of her, she's a very sweet woman. What? Why do we do that? And I think the enemy of our soul has something to do with that. Let's get you distracted. And it's the same way at meetings. I've talked about the guy whose car was parked in front of the <laughs> local meeting and I pull into the parking lot. And I'm, going, I'm not going to that meeting today. And then I find out weeks later his card broken down. He hasn't been there
0: either. Mm. Look, that's our nature. You know, it, yeah, it really we're, a, we're a mess. <laughs> so I, I'm at my home group last Friday night and and normally there's a timer so that people share you have three minutes and then you have a thirty seconds to wrap mm. up. Right. Ding. And nobody was a timer at this meeting and people were like going on, which I thought was too long because don't don't you know that Roger is <laughs> <laughs> He's the, He's the keeper He's keeper of all meeting rules and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, it, and I had a newbie there that had never been to that meeting, and he was newly in recovery, and we went out to dinner afterwards, and he said, he sent me a text, and he said, that was unreal. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, my thoughts were it was a sickening minute. <laughs> it was a horrible meeting, and I, what's a newbie going to think? And his perception was it was unbelievable. It was good. Oh. Mm-hmm. So... I have to check myself all the time, yeah. And and it's like close mouth when mind is going off like that. You yeah, know, if I don't have, it's like my mom when she used to say to me, "If you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything." And that little principle sticks by me today. I try not to. Yeah, say Yeah, my anymore. parents just tell me that too. Oh, my yeah.
4: Italian mouth gets me in trouble every
0: time. <laughs> called close mouth. Yep. Yeah. Rather than stick foot in mouth, close mouth. Yeah.
4: Put pasta in it. <laughs>
0: But the other thing I think that, like you were talking about, Monty, is that the awareness that we have yeah. of us being self-righteous or whatever. Inventory right. takers. It's that awareness is where the lesson and the growth come from. Mm-hmm. And so...
1: It does. If I you can take very, it as a teaching experience, yes. then, then you will. Yes. You will do the interchange. That will happen. And you'll be awake in the light. I believe so. You know, mm-hmm. and and I think... If you nod off once in a while, figuratively speaking, sometimes we need a little, you know, hey, wake up. You know, and I think that's where the spirit of God comes in and says, why, why are you looking over there? Look over here, you know. Um,
4: yeah, my sponsor's good at that one.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's funny because um, I uh, one of the things that, that I compare, they really run parallel with each other a lot. Uh, things that I personally did not like about, quote, unquote, organized religion. Mm. I hate that term that, and the way people use it. But for lack of a better term, that's one of those statements a lot of people make that don't like church. And I'm talking about the building and the time spent in it. So and and the parallels with a 12-step meeting. So. I would hear somebody say, well, I, I, I don't go to church because so I don't like organized religion. And I'd say, well, what is, what is it about going to church that you don't like? And this is what I would hear. On, and it was always pretty much the same. Well, I don't like that a guy stands up there and tells you and swears by one book. And that's the way, and there's no other way. <coughs> mm-hmm. Okay, what else don't you like? I don't like that they ask for money. Okay, what else? Well, I don't like that the people there, they they act one way at at church and they act another way outside of church. They're hypocrites. Okay. What else? And and there'd be a list of things. And I am telling you, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, this sounds like an AA meeting. There's a guy behind a podium at the speaker meeting, you know, he's a big book thumper. And, and I'm not against big book thumper. I'm a big book thumper. I love thumper. Pass
2: him the basket. I, I'm,
1: right. I, I'm like, I'm like a, a, remember Wano, Marv? He would say, well, how would you rather wow. be thumped? Right? So I'm a big book thumper. But so you got a guy up there saying, this is the way right here. These 12 steps. If you don't do these steps, you're not going to recover. Big book thumper all the way. Then he got it. the old guy over in the corner says, if you can't put a dollar in the basket. You shouldn't be here. You he got that <laughs> guy asking for money. Right, you've got a whole ton of people acting like, so one way in a meeting and another way outside of the meeting. I mean, it sounds like church to me. <laughs> Parallel. So, 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 your argument is irrelevant. You like church. You're here every day, three times a day. All right. Oh the only thing we don't do, I suppose, is sit around and sing songs. I'm maybe. So- well, no, they do. There's a. Yeah, they do. The music, uh-huh. meetings. The music meetings down in L.A. where yeah. where where recording artists yeah. come and they. Play music and we light candles. A lot of churches light candles. We have candlelight oh, meetings. Catholic. I mean, yeah,
4: they do we serve bad coffee.
1: Our... So does church. I don't never had a really hey, good I cup love of coffee church in church. Green tea though, huh?
4: Our church's green tea is really good.
1: Oh, you like our green tea? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> So you know what that is? That's all this stuff that's all about me, and it's, you know, and, and, and what it does is it causes us to become emotionally dependent and not emotionally sober. Uh-huh. And when, when I'm emotionally dependent, I fall asleep.
0: And you know, I was told something in early sobriety. When you go to the meetings, listen for similarities and not differences. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that basic foundational idea, no matter how bad I think the meeting is, right. if I'm listening for similarities... I then find myself relating. And if I don't relate to someone else, that's okay. But that doesn't make the meeting bad. So, you know, my sponsor had me spend a lot of time in the doctor's opinion when I first got sober. And it's like, you need a whole complete psychic change. And our perception of reality is the definition of an alcoholic. Uh And so, you know, it was my, my perception of everything had to change, even when I stopped drinking. I mean, my thinking was still terrible, and so I think if you go to church and you listen for similarities, or you go to a meeting, listen for similarities, you'll you'll start relating, and when you start relating, you're going to find people that are like minded, and when you find people like minded, you'll want to migrate to them, and when you migrate to them, suddenly Mm -hmm. you have fellowship, and then oh my gosh, I'm you know I'm not thinking about me, yeah, and it just, but it takes it takes time and it takes humility, which I never had, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah. But now you can't honestly tell me that you've never been to a bad meeting though. I have been to a bad meeting. Here's how I say it now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I do it now. I I used This
0: is how we roll. I used to say it was a horrible meeting. Right. What I just say now is some are better than others. Because honestly I've gone to bad I've gone I've gone to bad meetings. However, when I close my eyes and tune out from the people and I try to listen to a message Somewhere in the bad meeting... You're going to have a good experience. There's a message. Yeah. And the message may be, don't do what I've been doing. But there's a lesson in every meeting and a lesson in every message. And it depends on how we listen and how we perceive. Some meetings are awesome. Some meetings suck. And some meetings, it's your perception. Because the guy next to you loved it, like you were saying, right? My point just happened last Friday night. So, And there's a lesson there. And, you know, I got some sobriety, and I was thinking that meeting was terrible, and the new guy thought it was awesome.
4: (laughs) He sounds like my sponsor. And now (laughs) you see that.
2: In
0: your growth, in your
2: walk, those things come to light. Yeah. Yeah, you start to realize, all right, that
1: was cool. Marv, ever been in a meeting and you were like, why am I here?
2: He's been smiling over there.
4: (laughs) (laughs) The silent cowboy. (laughs) Yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's hear about
1: that. You want to share it? No, uh,
3: <laughs> that's growth right uh, it, there. It was no, it was one of those type of things. Uh, the the people that were there were not who I thought was going to be there. <laughs> oh Lord, uh, expectation um, number one. There was yeah. there was some uh, weird sidebar stuff going on, right. <laughs> you know, and. Um, I
4: my, he's my, hesitating <laughs> he's
3: hesitating my spirit was in rebellion ah, <laughs> right right so but I managed to sit there and keep my mouth shut and and go through it so with
1: well, it nothing else ta- taught you some patience patience and right I mean one of the things
4: patience love and understanding.
1: She,
3: we all have. No, a- it's it's kind of like <laughs> what Roger said in the beginning. You know, yeah, yeah. maybe it was you. Like I don't remember, but yeah. you know, who in the hell do I think I am? Yeah, who, who am oh, I? Right. you know, <laughs> right? So um, that's something I practice for a long time is being able to separate myself and not be emotionally involved in. And take on other people's stuff and all this stuff to be able to sit there observe and realize I'm powerless, and um, God is going to work in their lives like he's working in my life, yeah,
1: and keep my mouth shut <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's so funny because uh th- this this is how my brain works um it's it's a it's a walking contradiction mm. so I go to a meeting. Or I'll go to church and something will happen and I that, that is just inappropriate. And I'll think, and it really, it, it may be totally inappropriate. And I'll go, every time I come here, this kind of thing happens. I am so sick of it. And so then I don't go and something inappropriate happens. And I hear about it. I go, how come I miss all the fun? <laughs> I'm not happy either way. You know, and that's kind of my brain, you know. So th- it, my brain can be emotionally intoxicated. Believe me. Oh, mine is <laughs> <two>. I believe <laughs> you. Oh. oh, no.
0: You know, the, the principle of acceptance, which was so foreign to me for so long. Right. But, you know, after you read that for a while, I mean, I, I have a tendency of talking to people about, have you read 417 lately in the big book, you know? <laughs> and that, that idea of acceptance, people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's a choice that we make and when when you distill it down and take out all the emotions and everything it's like yeah i'm making bad choices sometimes i'm not willing to be acceptable of people places and things because because i'm an alcoholic and i'm self-centered and all that you know we're a mess yeah it, it's like i get tired of being that so i call myself out when you can have a conversation with yourself right? and it's a healthy one like that that's a good thing <laughs> you know that, that still small voice it says Roger really And I just look up and smile because God loves me. And I'm just like, I know. you know.
1: Well, if you look in the mirror and you say, what's wrong with you? And you stand there and wait for an answer. (laughs) But I know what's wrong with me. You might want to ask again, what's wrong with you? (laughs)
0: The man in the mirror. The man in the mirror. All
1: right. This this has been fun. Uh, Thanks, you guys. Thanks, Roger Dodger. Yes, thanks, Roger.
4: He's not perfect. Great I know. Isn't I know.
1: So don't take offense to the Keith Green song. No. Just check yourself. That's all.
0: I would invite anybody who's never heard Keith Green to right get no compromise and listen to the music. No you compromise know, is an amazing. I saw him album. in concert m- more than once, and he had me in tears. But it was when you think it, and it feels like condemnation, it was really conviction. Yeah. And it took me a while to work through that. But what a composer, what a musician, what a piano player.
1: Yeah. He died, how
0: many years ago? 70 something.
1: In a plane
0: crash, right? Was it
1: mm-hmm. a plane crash? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Like La Bomba.
1: Yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: He went up in a private plane. And he had too much weight in it. And he Ooh, and one Jesus. of his kids He did something he shouldn't have done, and it cost him his life. Yeah. Happens to a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Well. Zippity-doo-dah, zippity a! Thank you, Denver, for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. A
0: blessing. Thank, Thank you, you, Marv. You
1: bet. Thank you, Christy. And Nala. And Nala, the studio cat. Until our... Oh, <laughs> no, well, tell them how they can listen to the <laughs> oh, show, okay. Tony. Tony and Denver.
4: You can listen and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, download <clears throat> any of our shows by going to take12radio.com and clicking on the Follow Me on automatic. Once you're there, you can download our app on Android or iOS. You can comment on the shows, love us or hate us. We'd love to hear from you either way.
2: And you can also listen to the shows (laughs) on our YouTube channel. Uh, Simply go to Take12Radio.com and click on the YouTube icon. And if you'd like to send us your email, our email address is Take12Radio at Comcast.net. That's Take12Radio at Comcast.net.
1: And until next time. This is the Monty Man and the Gang, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you.
0: (laughs) This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.
6: Thank <laughs>